Go Loud presents the Lennon Courtney podcast. That is Evie's favourite. Which five the schnees? From you. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Cracks her up every <laughs> single time. Which five the schnees? Why I oughta. You say why I oughta. Why I oughta. What do you tie? What? Why I oughta. What do you tie? I'm Sonia Lennon. And I'm Brendan Courtney, and you're listening to the Lennon Courtney Podcast. This week, it's the Thinking Woman's Guide to the Fucking Metaverse. I've been told I'm out of this world, Sonia. <laughs> no, that's not it, Brendan. But if you don't know what the Metaverse is either, we're here to explain it in this episode. But before we do that, if you're a long time listener and a zero time reviewer, why not change that and give us five stars wherever you listen? I'll give you five stars, Brendan. I'll give you a bunch of fives in the schniz. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Thinking Woman's Guide to the Metaverse. God, I did a lot of research for this episode, guys. I can imagine. As per <laughs> usual. I, what? Yeah, go ahead. There you go. But before we start, actually, can I ask, because I want to ask, and the listeners are dying to hear this. What happened to your NFT that you sold? Did you sell it? I haven't checked, but my friend printed it off for me and it's framed in my house. Uh, so what happened to my NFT? So my non-fungible token, which went... What is it? A non-fungible. Fungible. Fungible. Fun- non-fungible. Fungi the dolphin non-fungible. Token. Yeah. Um, so uh, NFT, non-fungible token, which I had to talk about on national television, so I did a little bit of research, was printed off by my friend and given to me for my graduation. So I don't think that's worth any money. But uh, that's kind of got us thinking about the metaverse. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ish. Yeah, no, they're definitely. Diff- they're slightly different things, but connected. Well, NFTs li- can live in the metaverse and do live in the metaverse. Um, but I think it's 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 so ubiquitous as a word at the moment. Everybody's talking about the metaverse. Nobody's entirely sure what it is. Well, not nobody. I think Mark Zuckerberg has a fairly good handle on it. I think after watching the two YouTubes you sent me last night, I kind of totally get it. Um, and its potential is enormous and blah, blah, blah. But it just, like... Having grown up with a gamer, my brother's a big gamer and a big AI gamer and a big, you know, immersive goggles, the whole thing. I, I've seen it before, mm. so I'm not that surprised by it. Mm. Um, what really struck me was, I'm going to leapfrog right ahead, is crime in the metaverse. Oh. No, that's just nonsense. So, right? Okay, so I think we should go back a few steps. Yes. I think we should start at the beginning. Yeah. Um, Esther, would you give us a few facts? Yes. Okay, so author Neil Stevenson is credited with coining the term metaverse in his 1992 science fiction novel. <laughs> Boring! <laughs> As I said, like 11, Snow Crash, in which he envisioned lifelike avatars who met in realistic 3D buildings and other virtual reality environments. So it's just like a 3D fake environment. So that's, what, that's just a little. So I think we all understand that. That it's, you put the goggles on and you're in the metaverse, right? We get that. So it's a virtual world where you now have an avatar that rec- rec- rep- represents you. We've all seen the famous image of Mark Zuckerberg looking at his avatar, which is like a, car- a, G- a 3D cartoon version of himself. Yeah. So you inhabit that metaverse, right? And in that metaverse, it can... I suppose he's suggesting basically you can have a really successful virtual working world where you can contact, you can see people facial expression and you can have a really successful lockdown. He's saying that, you know, we've seen that... Because, so... He paints quite a clever picture about it. And then, but I felt the other woman's version of the metaverse was all a little bit dramatic. Am I wrong? I actually think the metaverse is quite dramatic. I think if you look at... um, Have we explained it properly though? 
I think you have like it is an alternative universe, yeah, it's, right? It's, it's broadly speaking an online Which is virtual based world. Based in pixels. Yeah, it's uh, virtual reality, three D holographic avatars, video, and other means. You know, you put on no, the but goggles it's, and you- it's the goggles, right? So yeah. you start there. You have to wear those virtual goggles, and then yeah. you you are in a virtual world. And even there was a TV show last night, which is Inside Your Body with Kate Garraway. Did you see it? Oh my God! People with cancer, they put the virtual goggles and they went into the tumor on there, and people with brain hemorrhages. It was amazing. So you were seeing what the body, like they took scans of their body and put them in. So they're all standing around this huge big heart or this huge big brain. It was absolutely amazing. So that that that's, and then I watched the videos you were talking about. So that's it. Really. You're putting this on, and you're you're in a virtual world. So it's not real. That's re- and I loved that that woman. What's the name of her? Gravitas you? is the name of the YouTube. That was very, she's very good actually. Yeah. She kept saying it's not real. So that's the point. It's not and, real. And I think that's, so for me, when I look at what has happened with social media um, and we still can't fully grasp it, we haven't regulated it. Um, it's a runaway train. There are vast negative consequences to it. There are some positive consequences to it as well. Um, but it feels like um, the internet that we're kind of hanging on to the mane of this wild horse and we're still not sure what's happening Um, except for a few people who are running these tech corporations. So so the big fear is the metaverse is like a a, a sort of a virtual social media world. It's an alternative it's not an alternative because it's not real, right? But it's it's virtual. And that's, I think the alternative suggests that it, you can go and live there as an alternative to your real life. It's not. It's virtual. But I get what you're saying. The problem with it is, forget about all the middle bit, is that it's being run by corporations, five big ones, and they're headed by a handful of very wealthy people who are making decisions for profit, right? And that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I think what, what I saw, and we'll we'll put the link to the two videos great. in the show notes. They're really, really good. We're going to put them in the newsletter from now on. That's so a you got great oh, idea, yeah, the Esther. Newsletter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I, I think what, what... So hold on a second. Press record and come around here because this is going to be good. I know it is. And turn your mic around and let go. So I think when I watched that Zuckerberg, uh, you know, ad for the metaverse. And and I think what's really important to say about the metaverse is that there isn't just one metaverse. So all the tech giants are vying to create these, let's call them alternative experiences, non-reality experiences. Um, and so it's a bit like uh, Betamax and VHS multiplied by about 10. So all, all these different people are creating their own spaces, their own technology that lives within these spaces. So as a consumer or a creator, you get to decide, well, which which one am I going to attach to and where am I going to put my investment in time and money and creation? Um, but, but it seems to be widely acknowledged that there is... Um, an opportunity for the winner of those competitive games to actually own the primary platform on which all metaverses are built. So what I, what we, uh, this will either back up kind of what you're saying or it's a slight argument to it, but what I really got was imagine Teams, because we've all, everybody knows what Teams is now and Zoom. So we've all experienced these virtual meetings where we've had to do it. And then imagine that in a virtual way where you have an avatar that rep- and you're sitting around a desk. And I really got how that would work. And it's just an extension of what you're doing. And in kind of way you're like, whatever, like it's just a, but the thing is, it's a bit of a gimmick for me. So to go back to what you said, I think it does back up what I was saying, because it's in the same way that you decide whether you're going to run your meeting on Zoom or Teams or Google Hangouts or whatever it is, you'll pick which platform your metaverse sits in. I wonder what the winner is from COVID. 
because we we have we experience a lot of people say oh we do Google Hangout the tech people tend to do Google Hangout don't they uh, uh, people who want more privacy tend to do Teams and and then Zoom is kind of a bit more open source broader you know, broader yeah. yeah but I think Zoom's the winner is it mm. I, I don't know to be honest yeah. with you I don't know the stats about that but what what I when, what, culturally it was the winner yeah, yeah. I think what what um, what I was really concerned about and we spoke about this kind of runaway train we're not really sure what the unexpected consequences of this are. And so what I could see looking at that kind of ad that Mark Zuckerberg So stop that and start that again and start with that. That was brilliant what you just did there. Okay. What? What I'm concerned about is the unexpected consequences. Start with that and then we're done. I suppose what I'm concerned about is the unexpected consequences of of what's being created in the metaverse. So in Mark Zuckerberg's ad for uh, Horizon, Meta, that whole world, um, you know, he's walking around this kind of extraordinary home um, that is, you know, all glass panelled, the most amazing view you could possibly imagine. You could be, you know, your your house could be overlooking Niagara Falls. It could be overlooking um, the blossoms in Kyoto. It could be, you know, wherever you wanted to be, you can create your alternative experience. And I suppose what I couldn't help but think about was, you know, if this is available to somebody um, who doesn't have the wherewithal to create it in, in real life, what situation are they willing to put up with in reality um, when this escapism is allowed? So I just, I just had this vision of somebody living in absolute squalor and, and, and who mm. feel... Like the start of a movie. Doesn't it? Yeah. Ceasing to feel connected to actual reality because they were able to escape into non-reality. And in their virtual reality, they have a hot body and a really hot girlfriend. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. so... And as the camera pulls out, there's just like an apartment block with people just sitting in one room with yeah. goggles on them, you know. So stop that and start that again because I want to... And this is the last video we'll do, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what really struck me about the metaverse and was really surprising for me... So remember, my first video game was Donkey Kong and then I lost interest. I don't play video games at all. But everybody around me did and my nephews do and they're all animators and they're all sucked in that way. What really struck me and something that really alarmed me was her concern, this woman who did a video about the metaverse on YouTube, her concern for crime in the metaverse, that one woman reported being sexually assaulted in the metaverse. I cannot get my head around how you can be virtually sexually assaulted. Can you? Yeah. Go on. So it's a stretch. It, it It's a brain bender I'm not I'm not going to lie to you um, but I think if you transpose that sentiment onto somebody being digitally bullied you know it's it's oh yeah it's the same so it's an experience so you can't go into your avatar and be in your thing and this guy keeps coming for you every time yeah. and he goes and he actually said that I can do what I like it's yeah. virtual and and actually Meta have come out and said that there's virtually nothing that they can, they do. can do to to moderate behaviours and, and so I if think you've got a big load of teenagers unregulated who are anonymous by the way they can kick the shit out of each other virtually yeah. but nobody actually gets hurt right just your feelings well, there's a difference between Virtual. It's, it's between exactly your that. responses. Are they emotional, psychological, physical? And could you say, could you stand up and say, my psychological and emotion res- emotional response is less valid than the physical response? And I think we're only at that stage in humanity where we're acknowledging totally. they're the same, right? That they actually, in fact, your psychological and your mental response is has a massive impact on your physical response. Your, your body can heal. Yeah. Your your brain Takes, is is, yeah. is much more fragile. Um. So so I, I can I can that that terrifies me because I don't think we have cracked behaviour 
in real life. And now we want to take that and put it into a lawless jurisdiction um, and just let everybody go anonymously around their business. So that, my, that terrifies me. My dad used to say, being funny actually, tweet me on your Facebook, will you? Because he didn't really quite understand it, but he kind of did. Do you think we'll be the generation... Not you, you're a little younger. But do you think we might just disconnect from that? And I don't think we have an option. So I, I Oh really? Oh I don't think we have an option. We we have to be in the metaverse. I I, I think we have to um I, I think we have a responsibility to educate ourselves about uh technological advances and to understand them, to understand what the experience is, because I, I really, really believe that technology is powering absolutely everything that we do. And I mean, I did a women in STEM conference. The, the irony is we all live in STEM. We all live in STEAM. We all live in technology. Everything that we do is powered by it. And if we make a, a, a conscious decision to say, well, I'm not going for that. I'm backing away from that. That's, that's a bridge too far now. Then you become disconnected. And that gap between you and reality powered by, the, by technology will only get wider and wider and wider. And so I, I think in order to understand our own relevance in today's world, we have to understand where technology is. There is a movement sort of head, led by Tristan, Tristan Harris, who is the guy, the star of The Social Dilemma on Netflix, but also has a organisation called the Centre for Humane Technologies, where they have a list of three things to do to pull yourself back from it. So it, it is about deleting your 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 core um, interaction with social media. But they tweet, they stay on Twitter because that's a single line, they keep connected through that way. And the irony is they're connected through social media selling what they do. But they're bigger play is a campaign, a global campaign to, to have these massive corporations regulated. Mm. And and that's the only way I think it, it can really Totally. Work. And I think that's, you know, <clears throat> it's all very well. It's, it's, it's actually not dissimilar to the whole movement to, to create, you know, equality in workplaces, that it's all very well to, to power the individual to succeed. But unless you change the system, you know, it's still not going to work. One, yeah. one person's um, sort of actions and behaviours changing is, is not going to make any difference. Um, and I think, you know, there, there, there's a lot of, um, a, a lot written about the fact that um, as we moved through business, and this is all about money at the end of the day, make, make no mistake, that fewer and fewer companies will own more and more yes. real estate in terms of business and economic progress. And and I think we're kind of at that stage now, you know, um, yeah. wh- where there's a massive sort of mergers and acquisition um did you protocol. say murder or merger? Murders. It sounded like murder, oh, which it? is even well, better. Yeah, a bit of both, I'd <laughs> Murders say. and acquisition is a great name for a play. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? So, yeah, that, that kind of M&A piece where, where these big companies are just hoovering up all these smaller companies to have them in the fold. And 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 then they beca- kind of become un- untouchable yeah. um, from from a, a sort of a governance point of view with, with you know, national governments and everything that, that, that they're too valuable to touch. That's, so that's I, not good. I always have an image in my head and I kind of, by listening to your undivided attention and watching social media, and really I'm fascinated by the attention economy and the prediction attention economy and all that stuff. They can predict how you're going to react now and they can push the algorithmically. And and I, she says something, when, when social media has decided to stop algorithms being manually controlled and gave them over to computers, they became intoxicatingly powerful and I have this image you know the Pink Floyd album and it's from the song uh, Brick in the Wall where the people are all walk, falling into the mince meter you know that image that's what TikTok is for me because TikTok is actually 
the users are making the ads for the other mm. users. So they're actually that <clears throat> and, and they, Tristan Harris describes TikTok as the platform like Facebook is for family and connection. Instagram is for, you know, showcasing your life uh, and TikTok is for uh, extroverts and performers. It's mm. it's people sh- and it's it's lit. What they don't get is they're doing the Pick Tap any. dancing. It's it's like. Do you ever see the movie? They shoot horses, don't they? Yes. So it's, it's that was an amazing movie where in in Dust Bowl America, post depression, where nobody had food, nobody had money, and they would have these dance halls full of hundreds of people who would dance for the entertainment of others until they died. Yeah. Until they and collapsed. it feels a bit like that, doesn't yeah. it? This kind of. Um, you know, self-execution and this sort of constant having to feed this machine. You and know? It, and it, it's insatiable, the machine, yeah. right? So you could be making TikTok videos all day. I mean, I told you I saw somebody go, oh, I spent 12 hours making my TikTok videos and I lost them all. We spent 12 hours making TikTok videos. Now, because, because again, you know, 70% of 12-year-olds want to be YouTubers. It looks like it's easy, right? The really good ones work really hard at the production mm. of it and they, they're they well thought through and I do believe the other, the positive side of it, I do think talent does rise out of this kind of thing. But there's no doubt when you flick through TikTok, there's such shite on it and such attention desperate attention grabbing and they don't understand that they're actually being used by the platform to create content mm. to other users mm. so it's it's a very clever it's a, new, a new meaning to the term user doesn't it yes exactly oh yeah oh, oh. <laughs> remember when we were teenagers oh he's a real user user was the worst thing he could be called because he got off with at the disco and he never popped around with Flowers or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The but real was, user. Yeah, which also was more a friend. Like, she's a user. Yeah, I'm going to be her best friend. Yeah, you, she's a user. user. She only wants to be your Barbies. Let's What's a, a user? That's gross. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Zuckerberg has a great argument and he makes it really well in that this is about connecting people, right? And that people such, know that Which is such horseshit. You know, but he's but, but people know their own minds. And it was about connecting people. And I remember when it started and it was not for profit. It was about sharing information from college. That's what Facebook started as. And I remember my friend went in on the ground level. She was one of the first 80 employees. She was one of the first 12 in the UK. And, and then their job was to monetize it. And that's where it all went a bit skew if, right? But they make the case that you should be, people should be trusted with their own brains and their own information. And people are not stupid and people are not sheep. And so when you say that to people, they go, yeah, we're not stupid. We're not sheep. Yeah, but you know, you, know you only I mean, have though? to read Dan Ariely, the behavioural economist, yes. to understand that. We are we, stupid we and are we are stupid. stupid. <laughs> Exactly, but there was there's another amazing video that I actually didn't share. I I watched after I shared those two. Um, A a Wall Street Journal journalist um, locked herself in a Holiday Inn and (laughs) and spent 24 hours in the metaverse. And you know, it's 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 oh wow, it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. And she said she the the rules of engagement were that she would take the headset off to eat and to go to the loo, and everything else headset on. that's wild. And so now, now now you've got me, right? Now now you've caught me. I'm like, okay, I'm confused now. So what metaverse did she enter? And where did she enter from? You know, how do you, do you sign up to a metaverse? So she, it was really interesting what she did. She, she went into Horizon. She went into the meta, metaverse. And she, so she didn't know. If I get goggles, can I go in on my laptop? Yeah, of course you can. And you, do you pay? You sign in. No, it's free. But then anything that you use or buy, you pay for. So you so say you want that beautiful house overlooking 
Niagara Falls, you, buy, you, you buy have it. to buy it. Wow. Or And that's why you would buy maybe. Okay, now I get it. Do you get it? So you so you have to pay to populate the world that you want to exist in in an alternative experience. Fucking bastard. <laughs> but what she did, it was really, really interesting because wow. she, she did it from a, an, an uninitiated... Penny just went clank, clank. <laughs> so she did it from an, an uninitiated point of view. She'd never done it before. She got the goggles. She got the, the, the hand sensors. And that's the sensors is another whole thing, right? Um. Because they have to map your facial expressions in order to give you appropriate facial expressions in the metaverse, right? So the, the and that means that they'll be able to track every emotion that that yeah. you're experiencing. Terrifying. Okay, so she went. <laughs> so she went God. in. She went in, and she had her oh her God, her uh, mental, sensors in her hands and and her thing on. And she the first thing she went in was into a common space. So you land into like home. <laughs> I'm here, guys. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's just it's it's just somewhere. It's the entry to the portal. And it's like a courtyard or it's like yeah. a courtyard or whatever. And she got there was some people and she heard voices and she saw faces and she started talking to them. And uh, she's like, so <laughs> what are you guys up to? I can't to? wait to go in. <laughs> and so the the journalist in her started asking them questions. You know, what do Where you, you, from? What do, you yeah. do? Where are you from? La, 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 la. And they said, well, actually, we, me and him are on our way to a comedy club. Do you want to come? <laughs> And she's like, yeah, okay, fine. And uh, so she went with them. They they paid to go to a comedy club. And, uh, and you show your credit card, you hit ding, ding, and you yeah. pay. Well, I'm not sure how that works. I'm not going to well, lie. Like, I can imagine that's the easiest part. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's <laughs> as yeah, easy yeah, yeah. as it gets. <laughs> yeah. And so they end up in, in a comedy club. And she said that the, the environment of it was completely fake. But the experience of being in the club with other people was incredibly real. Laughter and the whole thing, right? And and she went so, up so, to so the bar. She went up to the bar and she said, "Do you do wine?" And he said, "Of course we do wine." And handed her a glass of wine. Now, obviously, there's no wine, right? But she was in the comedy club, and the comedian who was on the stage started to roast her, and connected with her. So it's obviously a real comedian who can see you, who who is in the metaverse as a comedian. So somebody he's either making money to of be this. Yeah. yeah, and started, you know, slagging her off from the stage and everything. She said it was really, really disconcerting. So then... Yeah. Well, like, we could run a fashion show and people could virtually try them on. But we could absolutely do that. We could sure. abs- Okay, end the episode now. We're, like- <laughs> <laughs> We're very busy all of a sudden. But what she did then was she went to a workspace. So she went to a meeting. And uh, she joined her her colleagues from the Wall Street Wall Street Journal at this meeting. The meeting went on for four hours. She was running out of charge, so you know the way my laptop's going to die. Well, my my virtual reality is going to die. I'm going to cease to exist in this space. Is what she was facing. So she said one of the things that they need to do is to increase. One of the many things they need to do is to increase the the life. Or, lifespan of yeah, the of the device, um, but it was really it was really fascinating because you saw it as it actually happened. So I have this vision. How, like, sorry, <clears throat> what was her end conclusion? What was her take? What did she think? Well, she, she obviously it's not ideal to be spending twenty four consecutive hours. Oh, and then when she was going to sleep, she tuned into a meditation app and kind of soothed herself to sleep with the headset on. She said she 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 tried to sleep with the headset on but it actually fell off so she said she couldn't lie and say that it stayed on all night but it was her kind of soothing herself from the kind of pixelated trauma of being in the metaverse all day 
by being in so the metaverse. So we're basically all going to be huge, big, obese people stuffed into a corner with goggles on Living and drones in a delivering us food and we'll have electronic arms to take the food in and cook it for us. We live in a shoebox. We live in boxes this size if we're lucky we'll be and we'll, we'll have a, that's what's going to happen. That's like that film uh, with uh, Dak Shepard. Is it Idiocracy or something where they're just like I'll find, I'll put it in the newsletter. <laughs> Where they're just basically that they're like they're drinking oh, their shit. They yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah what I is saw it? it? Yeah, I think it is an idiocracy. Something like that. Yeah, but basically they're sitting in recliners, lazy boys, and they're drinking all their meals because who has the time to actually you know? And they're just sitting in apartment complexes like online virtually. That's the future. But or is it? Will there be a revolution? I think there has to be. I think everything finds it's it's mm. back to that pendular human behavior that everybody goes deep. But look at look at social media. We yeah. haven't seen a pendular swing against that since it launched. But it, it, I think it's funny though, I think actually what I find distasteful is that they that Mark Zuckerberg Facebook ad, it's so distasteful because they're like, oh look, you can be a unicorn in your meeting and do this. But really what they're trying to do is just get your attention and sell you things. And like Bloomberg Intelligence forecast that the metaverse will be worth 800 billion by 2024, which is bananas. I think it's so gross. But I think you're right. I think I think it, it's outwardly gross, but it has the potential to be incredible if it had, if it was not for profit, if it, in some way there was, a, and I bet you there's a, a not for profit metaverse being built somewhere right now. Um, oh no, sorry, that's what I wanted to say. <coughs> no, I mean, sorry. So he's doing this. Uh, sorry, yeah. So what I find about that video that um, uh, Sonia shared, and Zuckerberg should stop doing his videos, shouldn't he? Oh my god, he's yeah, dreadful. Yeah, you can tell he didn't do speech and drama from a young age like ourselves. <laughs> of <instance>. course. <laughs> Yes, anyway. Doesn't have the range, dude. Doesn't have the range. That's what I was going to say. Doesn't have the range, dude. Doesn't have the range. <laughs> but um, he's, he's chancing his arm. They're all chancing their arm. Like, isn't it great you can be a unicorn in your new meeting? But they're just like, <laughs> I always don't you, let us get away with this. You can please. see the fear in the eyes of the people he's on the video. Oh, it's with. dreadful. Yeah. Uh, there, oh God, it's the, it's the mark. And yeah, and it's really fun here. <laughs> like, yeah, it's oh just God. awful. Yeah, it's terrible. But so I mean, basically, it's an attention economy, a full scale, high tilt, high level attention economy where they sell your attention to the highest bidder and then you pay the highest price for the best view or there'll be a metaverse, you'll buy a penthouse in the metaverse as opposed to a ground floor in exactly. the metaverse and it'll be more expensive you go up. So it'll imitate the worst about commercial humanity and the worst thing about um, free uh, free industry and a free economy is that wealth rises to the top. And, and the same will happen there. And the same will happen there. And also what it does do is at least if you get wealthy in the real world, you probably get a personal trainer and nutrition and look after your health. Whereas there'll be no pressure on you whatsoever to look after your health. Well, I mean, health is a big is a big play in the metaverse as well. So Yeah, I saw that, but I get a sense that you know there's only a tiny percentage of people who really enjoy working out hard for wellness and they're athletes and people at the top level right but no, no, no well that's probably a huge statement because second and third world I don't think have the time or the money to invest well I, I think I think the problem with that is that it's become really polarised that yes. you're either really really into it or you're really really not, not into, into it, it. Yeah. and I think that'll probably play out in a virtual experience as well right um, that that becomes part of your social credentials because actually your social credentials um, as you position them are just as valuable in that alternative experience as they are in real life. So, I mean, I, I don't know how, how that works. Like, can you, can you, I presume you can physically pretend to be something that you're not. Yeah. Um, so you can be... Of course you can. 
whatever whatever version of yourself you want to be. Um, but I can just see it like you being rewarded for how many mm. uh, fitness classes you take mm. and, and you rise to the top of a leaderboard in terms of your own performance and all that. Like it's so trackable, the whole mm-hmm. thing. That's what's terrifying. That's basically, it's just, it's an online world and they're going to try and sell you stuff yeah. and get your attention. And you got it, Aster. You totally got the message. I'm actually going to delete all, all, all the conversation these before. TikTok <laughs> eaters will wander into it aimlessly. You know, oh, what's this? Oh, another way, another place to show off, and that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the the problem with this, and this is where the cruncher is for me, is that there is that element of you have to know about it to understand it to be able to really ob- to be objective about it and then you get sucked into it. Can we talk about standing ovations for a little minute? Has anybody been to the theatre lately? Eight out of ten performance receive a standing ovation. Well, That's well, not right. Well, I've, no, well, it's it's an Americanization of, of, of That's Blair. not right though. So when we toured America with Riverdance, right, if they didn't, they never didn't get a standing ovation but you'd hear if someone didn't get a standing ovation in America and a tre- they they go home and cry. Like standing ovation is for exceptional It is. It exceptional theatre right but no it's it's like it's like the circus it's like a circus exactly but it, that's a very like it was always and then when you go to Japan at Riverdance you get you hear back from Japan nobody stood they hated the show like, no we didn't hate the show we thought the show was great we don't stand for everything you know so that's funny you although say that. you two yeah. do make me applaud you when you walk into a room and exit so I mean <laughs> Look, I'll keep that under my hat. Yeah, yeah, you want to stay it's safe. It's in stand. the onboarding manual, Esther. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the standing ovation thing. Oh, it's so weird, isn't it? And then you don't want to be the Grinch who stays seated. Yeah, you have to be like. Pull off. Well, you know what happens is yeah. if 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 you were on stage, you know, or you were on, if you were on stage. <laughs> <laughs> the shade did the shade. No, if you were on stage, and I would I would stand. No matter what, because I'd be supportive, and I think that's what you get in theatre. You in in a small country as well. Yeah, go, someone will know somebody. Other actors will go. Ah! And even I saw a play I didn't really love, but the two actors worked so hard for yeah. three hours for our entertainment. Even though I didn't think the play was great, I couldn't help but acknowledge their work, and they're yeah. doing that every night. And I just I stood for that. I thought, and there were two older men actually, and I thought, Gee, and they were great actually. The play was a bit whatever, but. They worked hard and they got my standing ovation. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. there's a human connection now. With and, and particularly post-COVID where you realise yeah. that all these people have been brutalised. Yes. You know? What do you do when something's really exceptional? If you stand for every <laughs> performance. <laughs> Two thumbs down. Lions. Two thumbs down. So uh, what are we going to put on the fucking Metaverse t-shirt? Um, what have we learned? What are we going to put on the t-shirt? Regulate the Metaverse. I don't think that'll and be a fist a, in the air. I don't think that'll be a bestseller, but oh, yeah, yeah. No. Citizen Smith. Citizen Smith. <laughs> Regulate the metaverse. Regu- what do we want? Regulation. When do we want it? Now. What do we want? A better catchphrase. When do we want it? <laughs> as soon as you can get it. <laughs> as soon as you have time. <laughs> don't start crying, That's Esther. That's very funny, Esther. I don't know about That's that. That's one of your funniest things, Esther. Oh, Brendan. That on your jacket. The Lennon Courtney podcast is an Exceed Potential production. Episodes are produced by EOMD Productions and social media is managed by Judy Gartland. Follow at Lennon Courtney on all social media platforms for the latest news and updates. New episodes are released every Thursday.